cosmetic surgery. It's one of the fastest growing and most innovative fields in medicine today. Doctors are constantly improving techniques and procedures to ensure the best possible results for their patients. On Cosmetic Surgery Today with Dr. Barry Allen Leica, you don't have to navigate this on your own. He'll guide you through what's new and what to look for, help set your expectations, and deliver everything you need to know in an easy-to-understand format, including how to market your business. Here's Dr. Leica. You know, it's just been a couple of years ago, but as we've started this show, we've grown and grown and grown, and we get up to 8,000 downloads every week now, and we've become the number one internet radio show on cosmetic surgery in the world. And the reason that has occurred is because of you, the listener. I, I must congratulate you and, and thank you for being part of this and, and listening to some of the things we have to say. The reason why we've grown is because we're providing a service for you, and I do this lovingly. I do this because I really love to do what I do, and I bring some of the best guests in the world, some of the people that really know what they're talking about, and you know, one of the biggest determinants of cosmetic surgery success is your choice of the doctor that's going to do your cosmetic surgery. Now, I'm talking to Dr. Donald Crest today, an amazing uh, plastic surgeon from Frederick, Maryland, and he is with us to discuss how to choose and how to qualify a cosmetic doctor. Hi, Don. How are you tonight? I'm excellent. How are you? I'm just amazing. Thank you. It's it's a beautiful day up here in the northern woods. It's about uh, 20 degrees centigrade, which is about 70 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, which is, uh, geez, it's springtime up here. Awesome. <laughs> finally. <laughs> yeah, finally. Actually, we've had a very mild winter, whereas you guys have suffered down there quite a bit, I think. Uh, not really so much. I think we had a mild winter also. We had the three and a half foot snow kind of made the news. <laughs> yes, and, and unfortunately, it kept on going a little bit longer than you guys wanted as well. That's true. Now, Don, is there any secrets in how to choose your cosmetic doctor? Is, is, what should a person be doing? I mean, they, they watch the ads, they hear the stuff, but that's a very, very poor criteria on how to choose a cosmetic doctor. Well, I agree with you, but I think you have to go through the the things that you do see in the ads. I mean, you really do have to check and see what kind of certification this doctor has and whether it's appropriate for what they're what they're intending to do. You know, we got the plastic surgeons, you've got the ear, nose, ENT surgeons, dermatologists, all of which are doing, frequently doing splendid plastic surgery, uh, as long as it's just appropriate. But a board-certified uh, podiatrist should probably not be doing breast implants in his back room. Uh, that should raise some kinds of suspicion. So you do have to go through that, and that's no guarantee that you're going to get the best doctor for the job that you're seeking, but it's certainly the best start. Um, you know, there are there are some pretty good societies that rate, that measure that, you know, in the States, the American Board of Medical Specialties certifies 24 member boards, and that's the most respected, that's the most monitored, and people who come through that system, at least you'll know that they've had the, the appropriate training. Uh, so that's a start. Um, I think another step would be to, uh, if this procedure is going to be done in a, in a hospital or if it's, even if it's going to be done in the office, you need to check on whether the doctor is capable, has the privileges um, to do that sort of a procedure in a hospital. Uh, if it's being done in an independent facility, it's probably a good idea to check and make sure that the facility is certified. Um, 
You know, thing, bad things can happen in the, in the facilities too. You know, there, there's lots more that I can then add to that. But uh, you know, among other things, uh, you should check with the local society, states, and see if there's been any disciplinary actions against the doctor. I mean, I had a, a few years ago, I had a wonderful lady who came from D.C. who uh, checked on her doctor's board certification, and he certainly was board certified. Uh, she went to his office, and it was filled with plaques of best doctor this and best doctor that, and uh, un underwent breast surgery, and the result didn't go well. Uh, she didn't like the result at all, so he told her that uh, it was her body's healing problem and that for a few thousand dollars more, he would go back and correct that. And uh, that went on for about five additional surgeries, progressively getting worse each time. And during the fifth surgery, uh, the police came into the recovery room and arrested him. Uh, and to make a long story short, uh, he was a known substance abuser and he was on suspension uh, and did the surgery anyway. Uh, and so she never checked on that part. But if she had checked with the state or even with any of the with the society, she would have uncovered that sub that history, long history of substance abuse. So you have to use your good good sense to when you're evaluating these doctors. In other words, I think the very first yeah. thing a person should do is to first look at a doctor and then do some homework. I, I think that that's a logical thing to do, and and they should go to a consultation with their eyes wide open. I think those are very important concepts because if you don't go with your eyes wide open, I think you might be uh, choosing somebody that might not be right for you. I totally agree with you. Uh, I think one of the biggest uh, problems right now is that uh, some of the worst doctors have some of the best websites. And I think that it's frightening how people are making decisions about their choice of doctors based on the websites. And when you belong to the to the proper societies, as you do and as I do, uh, they have ethics committees that tell you that you can't put these things on your website and you're subject to disciplinary action if you put, you know, uh, outrageous claims on your website. But if, you, if you're if you not a certified doctor, you can put anything on there you want. So you can put all these outrageous things on there. I mean, there's been whole, uh, I'm reluctant to say the name, but there was a mini facelift procedure that was very popular in the States for a while that had completely outrageous photographs uh, documenting their results. And it finally got to the point where three states in the, in the United States said that uh, if they don't change their marketing techniques, that they'll ban them from the state, and shortly thereafter they went under. Uh, Another thing I find really disgusting sure. is the cosmetic procedures that are done under doctors' names without even a doctor being present. We see all this all the time in spas. We see this all the time in other areas. And that, to me, is really disgusting because they're not even being supervised by a doctor. The doctor's name is giving credits to it, and that doesn't help either. I absolutely agree. Uh, I, think, I think what we're, what we're both saying with slightly different words is that, and, and I've said this before, I mean, it's easy to assume that the state and these medical boards are looking out for you, but the truth is they can only respond when somebody files a complaint, and they're not looking out for you. Uh, what You have to look out for yourself, and you have, to, you have to do this homework if you want the results you want and you want to not be injured by the surgery. And one of the things I tell you know, my patients I run on my website is, you know, when you choose your doctor, you're, you're choosing your result. 
You know, if you're going for the cheapest, least qualified doctor, you may not know the least qualified part. That's the result that you're going to get. And sometimes those things will cost considerably more to repair when it's been done inexpertly than if it had done right the first time. And sometimes it can't be undone. You know, bad plastic surgery can't always be fixed. Yeah, and I've always found that also how a doctor treats you in his office and how his staff treats you before a surgery is a good indication of how you're going to be treated after your surgery. So you really have to be careful about how you choose and, and what's going on there because uh, there, you know, many doctors are very good, but their staff isn't that good. So if you get a complication and you're trying to get in touch with them, it just doesn't happen. Or if that doctor is very aloof and arrogant, well, that's usually how you're going to be treated after the surgery if, heaven forbid, a complication will arise. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. I think you've been, I think we're reading off the same page almost. You know, I, I tell people for the consultation, you know, the first step is, you know, make sure that you go to the consultation with your full attention. So take a friend or a spouse uh, and never, ever take a child because you're going to be trying to see that the child is behaving and you're not going to be able to pick up on the on the nuances of the of the consultation and exactly what I what you just said go with your intuition fully intact and notice things you know virtually a fair amount of my business is repair work uh maybe as much as 20% of my business and i would say virtually to a, to a, hey every single person that i see that's had you know a well, I think they're called now therapeutic misadventures. He's had a therapeutic misadventure, knew it was going to go wrong. Uh, their intuition was telling them that this was not a good choice. They didn't like the feel of the office. And as you said, they didn't like the feel of the staff. But they went ahead with it because it was inconvenient to do the whole process all over again. You should not go ahead with it because it's inconvenient. It's way more inconvenient to have to have three or four follow-up surgeries to try and correct what went wrong. So I think intuition is something that we've lost a little bit of touch with, but it's still built into all of us. When you go into the doctor's office and the, and the staff is arguing with each other, the patients in the waiting room are looking very disgruntled, uh, the staff is looking bizarre with gigantic lips or gigantic breasts, and that's not at all what you're looking for, I mean, turn your intuition on and listen to that intuition, because it's telling you something that you may not want to admit to yourself that this may not be the right place for you. And the other thing about that is that um, you say it's in, I mean, they say it's inconvenient to change doctors, but the, the standard in the United States for almost all of the, and I'm sure in Canada also, is that most people don't charge for their consults. I mean, the, so you can easily go to another doctor or two, do your research, pick out one or two, and go and turn your intuition up and look at what's really going on. And there's so many ways you can be fooled by that. And another one that my lady from D.C. was fooled is that you know, all of these plaques on the wall, best doctor this and best doctor that, the vast majority of those things are not awarded, they're purchased. I mean, I get things in the mail every, probably every month, uh, for only $350, we'll list you as best doctor, best plastic surgeon in Maryland, and included in that $300 is a plaque that you can hang on your wall. All the time I get that. <laughs> so I'm assuming that's, that it's not very difficult to paper your walls with a whole bunch of that stuff. 
I think so. And, and I think consistency is a very important thing as well. You know, if a doctor's office doesn't look nice, if he doesn't do things for charity outside of his office, if he doesn't do things for his community, I think those are things, too, that are, are red flags. Because I think many doctors that are good cosmetic doctors also do good charity work. They, they love to do what they do. And they do it not just because they're paid to do so. They're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. And, it, you know, you, we started down the path of, you know, what's going to happen during the consultation. And I think the killer of the consultation right off the bat is a doctor who talks down to you and starts telling you what you need without bothering to ask you what your concerns are. You know, if you don't have that level of communication, then the rest of the, the procedure, the, everything is, is going to go downhill from there. A uh, good doctor will take the time to understand what your goals are, what your hopes are, and give you some alternatives. Uh, you should not be given just one choice. This, I'm, the, I'm the great doctor, and this is what I think you should have. That's rubbish. I mean, he may be a great doctor, but that's hardly anything that there isn't a choice or two, and you really you have the, you should be given the opportunity to, to make those choices. So not only should the surgical plan be communicated properly, but the alternatives should be communicated properly. The cost should be above board. You shouldn't be surprised later on, like the old joke about the car is like five thousand dollars, but the engine is an extra two thousand. You, you just shouldn't be surprised with that. You should know everything above board. And a thing that a lot of people are uncomfortable about is what can go wrong. I mean, you should have a level of communication with your doctor that says, you know, what are the things that could go wrong with this procedure? What are my risks involved in this procedure? Uh, and obviously versus your benefits. And if something goes wrong, uh, what are you going to do to fix it and who's going to pay for that? I mean, that may sound a little harsh to, to lay on your doctor the first time you meet him, but that's real life. I mean... I wouldn't be offended by somebody who asked me those things. Uh, I think those are very fair questions. I mean, some people are at the limit of their budget to have these procedures done, especially the, you know, the young ladies who want to have their breasts enlarged or a little bit of liposuction. That's nearly their procedure. They may have been saving a couple of years, and they don't have the wherewithal to, to deal with the, something that may go wrong or some, something that needs a touch-up. So you should know all those things ahead of time. Don't you agree? Exactly, Dr. Kress. I think those are important things. Uh, this is Dr. Barry Like I'm speaking with Dr. Donald Kress from Frederick, Maryland today on new advances in cosmetic surgery. And the biggest advance is choosing your cosmetic doctor. I, I think those are very important advances because if you don't choose your doctor well, it doesn't matter what technology he's using, it doesn't matter what he does, uh, what is done, it's more important it's all about the doctor. It's all about you as well and your relationship with that doctor. Don, uh, you know, so let's go through that consultation again. When you do a consultation, uh, is it a stressful situation for most of your patients? Are they really at their wit's end? Are they really stressed out when they're, when they're talking to you? No. I, I make sure that they're comfortable, and if they're that uncomfortable, I probably would discontinue the consultation because I, I really need to feel that we're hitting on a fairly high level of communication right into the right into the consult. 
I'm very uncomfortable with somebody who's being defensive or comes with a chip on their shoulder or something. And I've, I've asked people to, you know, come back in on a day when you're feeling a little bit better or something like that. Uh, no, it's, that's the, the whole crux of the consultation. If I can't hit that level of communication, uh, that's probably, and you can't do that with everybody. And a good surgeon, I, I believe a good surgeon should have the good sense to just say, you know, I don't think we're really connecting in the way that we need to to have good surgery. Let me give you the names of some other plastic surgeons that maybe, or cosmetic surgeons, and maybe you'll have a better connection with them. And sometimes that Anytime you're that offer. Are you going to, to tell them you're going to do the cosmetic surgery they want? I, I think that's important. Many of my patients come in with preconceived notions as to exactly what they want. The problem is it's not what they need. So when that happens, I spend the time to re-educate them. I spend the time to tell them that they're barking up the wrong tree and uh, that that is very important for me to to really tell patients what they need and try to direct them. I absolutely agree with you. And and the the other the flip of that is that you know my friend had this and we we look alike so that's what I want too. But, oh, back off. You know, you, you you may look alike but there's a lot of differences between individuals and you know, you can't just come in and show me a picture of a lady's breast or tummy and say, that's what I want. You know, we have to go through the process and see what's going to be the, the best for you and what the alternatives are, what the choices are. You have to understand those things and you have to participate in this decision, which is interesting too. Uh, I've had, over the years, I've had some patients that didn't want to make a decision. They wanted me to make it for them. I have to say, I'm extraordinarily uncomfortable with that and, and will generally refuse to do their surgery. If they can't participate in their own decisions, I think I don't really want them as patients. Uh, I think that, that that's not a productive relationship. You have the I, same experience. Have you had the same experience? Oh yeah, I think it's it's very important. I think you know when you're doing a cosmetic re uh, surgery on a patient, and I'm doing it, it's not a surgery I'm doing. It's a relationship I'm forming. The result of that relationship is is a cosmetic surgery procedure or many procedures or, or a series of procedures because quite often in my business, uh, it's not one procedure but many over a lifetime. I have many, many patients that have come to me over 15, 20, 25 years uh, getting surgery for this, surgery for that. And, and I've formed this relationship and, and the procedures are part of that, but it's not the entire thing. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. And, you know, the children of your patients will be coming to you too because now you've established that, that you're somebody they can trust and they come in with a, with a very healthy attitude. And it's very easy to open up the discussions and, you know, what, what are your goals? What are you, what are you trying to achieve? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. Also, the parents sometimes come in, and the grandchildren sometimes come in, <laughs> and the uncles and aunts and sisters and brothers, and it really becomes a family affair. But I think you just named, uh, well, I don't want to pat us on the back, but I think you just named one of the one of the features of you know quality cosmetic surgery. You, know, you do establish relationships with the patients. You do care about the patients. You don't care about a quick wham-bam, here you're fixed and give me my check, you know. Uh, that's not the, that's not the way it goes. That's not the reward. The reward, if, if you're in it only for the, the, the financial reward, you're in the wrong profession because it's, I mean, it can be very lucrative, but the, 
but you're missing the point. It's like uh, I have, used to have a pillow that said, "If you go, if you think the purpose of fishing is to catch fish, you've missed it." <laughs> you know, and if you think the purpose of cosmetic surgery is to get a to get a little extra dollars in your bank account, you, you've missed the point. There's these beautiful relationships that you can develop and these trusts that you can that go back and forth, and you can. And if you stay with that kind of a feeling and that kind of relationships, then you genuinely begin to feel that you've changed somebody's life for the better and not just because their bump is missing off their nose or their boobs are bigger. You know, you actually change, you've talked to them, you've opened yourself to them, they've opened to you and you've made changes in their life and now they trust you and that's why they bring their families and their children and their grandparents and all this thing that you were just saying. That's the satisfaction. Yeah. Yes, and, and I think that's the important thing. And one thing I tell my patients uh, when they come into my office, and my office is cracking, I always tell them, you know, you could see a doctor that isn't busy, but I think you better wonder why. And, and I, it's the same when you go to a restaurant. I think if you go to a restaurant and there's no cars in that parking lot, you have to wonder why it's so quiet. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course you're right. Yeah. And my my office could get pretty hectic also, but uh, yeah, I, I, I you know there's other parts to the thing that you there's other parts of the consultation you can ask to see the photographs, but you know when you ask to see the photographs, you realize those are the best those are the best outcomes probably in the last however long they've been practicing fifteen years they're not going to put their average outcomes in there uh, you know you can look at their websites, but as I said some of the the fanciest, most elaborate uh, websites are from the least successful surgeons. So, you know, I think it really comes down to getting to know your doctor, getting to know yourself, and establishing a relationship and a trust. And once that happens, you know, then uh, and, you know, if all the if all the blanks have been filled in, this is the procedure. This is the way it's going to go. These are your alternatives. We could do this, this, or this, and uh, this is the things that could potentially go wrong, and if something goes wrong, this is what, what we're going to do about those things that, that could potentially go wrong. You know, I think once you've got all that stuff dotted off, and if your intuition is saying, you know, I like this guy, girl, uh, I think you should go with it. If your intuition is saying, be careful, there's something, not, something fishy here, then you should go on another consultation until you get that good... I don't know, almost, I hate to say that, it's such a cliche, until you get that warm, fuzzy feeling about your doctor. <laughs> you agreeing? <laughs> you're not getting a warm, fuzzy feeling. I think you're, you're someplace that you shouldn't be. And, and also, you know, I find that sometimes cosmetic surgery is really too cheap, and that's a red flag. I mean, for good cosmetic surgery to be done, it can't be inordinately cheap. I, it just can't be. I, it just doesn't work that way. You can't buy a, 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 a good quality car for a dollar ninety nine. I've told people many times. If I told you you can get a Mercedes Benz for a hundred dollars, isn't there something wrong with this picture? There's something wrong with it because a Mercedes Benz can't cost a hundred dollars. Prices are based on the skill, the knowledge, and everything of a doctor. And yet he, you got to value his time and his expertise. If it's really cheap, I think you should run the other way too. I agree with you. And I think that uh, a lot of, well, eventually some patients realize, you know, the overheads that we run and, 
you know, how many years we delayed making any kind of money while we were going through all of our schooling. They appreciate those things. But, but I think you're just basically right. I mean, uh, the, the, the quotation that I always say is, you know, don't, don't shop for the cheapest uh, parachute or the cheapest plastic surgeon. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think it's very important to realize that, that uh, skill has, a, has usually a pretty good price associated with it. And uh, that's why I, I tell people that this is a good, important decision to make. You must take your time. Don't go for the cheapest thing possible. Go with the reaction that you know. Choose well. It's very important to do that. I absolutely agree with you. I think you summarized that very well. Um, yeah, and and as you said, you know, as you, it's, uh, it's not going to be the cheapest surgery on the block, but you know, go with the experience, go with the with your intuition, go with you know the research that you've done, and if you get that connection with the doctor, uh, you should go with that. That's a good that's a good plan, and it may cost a couple of dollars more, but in the long run, I mean, the cost of Redoing surgery is just astronomical. I mean, it's not the lady that I had from DC, her total surgical bill with all of those redos was what started out a $7,000 procedure ended up $30,000. Yeah. That's not that difficult to fall into that trap. Yeah. It just keeps going and going. And then there's other people that I've, that have gone to South America to have this or that procedure, they came back and it's not even fixable anymore. You know, the tissues have been so damaged and destroyed. I mean, they thought they saved a thousand dollars, but they didn't. They've they've done permanent damage to the body that nobody for any amount of money can undo anymore. I mean, you have to be really weigh these things very carefully. I mean, it's it's significant decision to put your body at risk like that. Rather important, and I think you need to really consider all these things when you're making that decision. Well, Don, we're just about at our end of our discussion right now, and just about at our end of our time frame. Are there any closing comments you'd like to make? I just repeat the one thing that I said earlier. Uh, you know, when you choose your doctor, you're choosing your result. Yeah. When you, if you decide to choose cheapest or quickest. That's the result that you're going to get, and the and the price for that may be a lot more than you're thinking. Yeah, I think that sounds like a closing point. <laughs> Thank you, Don. Uh, if Don, if anybody would like to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do so? Uh, my website, uh, www.plasticsurgery1one.com. That's the easiest way to get in touch. Excellent, Don. And, uh, and you can leave a direct message on there, and I get back to them within 24 hours, always. I think that's rather important. If a doctor doesn't get back to you, you have to wonder why, too. That's another huge thing. Uh, either he's too busy, or he doesn't care, or his staff doesn't care. And that all important is red flags as well. Agreed. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on this call today, Don. It always is such a delight to talk to you. Well, thank you. And, and likewise, I appreciate your points of view. And, uh, I'm very appreciative of being asked back for a second time. God, it's always my pleasure, and I don't think it'll just be a second time. It'll be a third or a fourth. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us today on Cosmetic Surgery Today. It's a beautiful day to explore your options, and we know you'll want to grab your free copy of Dr. Leica's book, Shaping a New Image. All you have to do is drop an email to Tammy at Leica.ca. That's T-A-M-I 
at lyca, L-Y-C-K-A dot C-A. Tammy at lyca dot C-A. And we'll get you a digital copy of this fantastic book, chock full of information. See you next week on Cosmetic Surgery Today.